This is the magicwordpodcast.com. We are in the uh, second full day of uh, Abbott's 85th uh, annual get-together, and we were here in Colon, Michigan, actually over in the Grand Magic Theater. We had a conversation with a few people here from the other night, and we just had a presentation then by the uh, uh, director, or not director, but uh, chairman of the board and some other people who are involved with the uh, Marshall Museum, American Museum of Magic in Marshall, Michigan. Uh, Before we get into that, I wanted to uh, introduce you again to someone whose voice you had heard in detail in a couple of episodes a while back, and we've gotten a lot of really great feedback, and I thought it'd be great to hear from him again. Here he is, Terry Evans-Wood. Hello, Terry. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, everybody. It was a lot of fun, and it was the, the episode that I did. It was uh, it was a feast for the ears, you know, for people to actually the way you demonstrated this or described that between the two of us. You know, there were so many people saying, "Oh, that I have been on that tour," and I could just kind of see in my mind the way you were talking about it. But your museum is uh, phenomenal. I mean, uh, I appreciate that very much. We sure have a good time, especially with you know all the guests that come to visit. And you can't imagine the comments that I've heard from the magic community because of your efforts with this program. Hmm. Wow, well, it's. That's flattering. Thank you much. I'm glad the people glad to hear that people are listening and appreciating that. But uh, if they have, have people been reaching out and saying, "Hey, I'd like to come and visit," and next time I come out, I guess. And we've had some people come to visit because of your oh, cast. Very cool. Now, again, you are just completing this year will be the 25th year or 27th, 27th year. That's right of uh, performing, and you uh, your season goes through when. We'll be going through uh, New Year's Eve this year and then reopening in March. And then going back to the museum then for just a minute, you typically have uh, special exhibits or special showings during Halloween and Christmas, is that right? Correct. Uh, in October, the entire month, every weekend in October, is a public haunted house. And uh, it's just been an amazing venture. I, but I'll tell you what, the scariest part of the Haunted House project was the parking. Because, you know, this is a private residence, and the neighbors around me have opened up their yards and uh, the side streets. It's, it's really become a popular event. Now, this is more of a local audience. The, the tourist in Pigeon Forge, for the most part, would not hear about it unless they're catching it on the Internet. And then the month of December is our Victorian Christmas Walk, which has been a wonderful event and becoming a, a local tradition for families. You know, after, after the gift exchange or, or breakfast, there's really nothing for people to do outside. A lot of people go to the movie theaters, but uh, as a tradition to come to Magic Mansion, hot wassail, cookies, live carolers, Santa Claus makes you know, magical appearances for the kids, 26 Christmas trees, the outside decorations are uh, absurd, the amount of ops, uh, the outside decorations. I mean, we have to start really early and a lot of extension cords and generators to keep this running without blowing the the electric in the house. What's, what's the weather like at that time of the year? Do you have snow and ice or sometimes have to cancel because of weather? Occasionally we have a, a snow. And during the year of COVID, we had a snowstorm and it was wonderful because everyone was locked in their homes anyway. And it was just gorgeous. So it's such a blessing Christmas morning to see that. 
Uh, but typically the weather's very, I would call mild. Coming from Chicago area, for sure I would say mild. Very rarely ice uh, and uh, yeah, just a wonderful place to visit. Beautiful, the mountains in the wintertime, stunning. Do you dress up like a Victorian outfit during Christmas time and also perhaps in some sort of a monstrous outfit during Halloween? Absolutely. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't miss that. I can imagine. Uh, both both uh, seasons is a Victorian yeah. look. One, uh, one a little like the master of the house kind of look, very gaunt and, you know, white makeup and... Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be just a lot of fun. Are the tours year round also, or is it just during your operating season when you normally are doing your shows? The tours are year round. I take about a a week off uh, in January to spend time back home in my hometown, St. Charles, Illinois. But the rest of the time, we're open for tours. And something that I did new this last year, instead of just having the scheduled seven o'clock on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, which are my show days, and I should mention a lot of people think that was crazy to do the show and then follow with a house tour, but I'm already up, my energy level is up, uh, my... Sure. Yeah, it just makes more sense. And also marketing to the people who are just at the show. We found that that wasn't really successful. The majority of our audience for the house tours are re- you know, scheduling another day outside the, the show date or even the following year because most people coming to Pigeon Forge now with the internet uh, activity, they know exactly what they're doing. And if they're only hearing about the house tour through the, uh, through the show that day, it's not really been been what I, I thought. We get some, but not to the extent that I would have assumed. And you can so, only max out at about how many? 20 people? Yeah, about 20 people. 17 is ideal. We've had groups of 35 people, and at that point we have different docents who will take certain rooms so I can do the, the main rooms that, that are the most inf- information that only right. I would know but other people to handle rooms like the Titanic room and the Willy Wonka room and what have you. Barnum, right. The Barnum room. Well, it's great to see you here, and I know this is a convention you often attend and were brought up as a child, used to come over to Abbott's and everything. It's special to you, isn't it? I think since 1985, Uh uh, my father and I would attend. Very happy to have my father joining uh, me today. There's been some family issues with my mother's health and... um, uh, this is an opportunity for him Great. to take a break from that and come spend just like the good old days. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad to see you here then, as always, in Terry. And uh, I wish you continued good luck with not only the show, but uh, everything else you're doing in life. I mean, you, you just keep going. You're just like a shark. You're moving all the time and advancing in the, the art of magic. So thank you for all that you do to, uh, uh, to keep magic for- alive. Thank you for having me today. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. I think we're a, we're a good team for yeah. getting information out and together. So thanks again. You bet. So for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Terry Evanswood. This is Scotty Out.
We just, as I said earlier when we were talking with Terry, we did, uh, we're here at the uh, Grand Magic Theater in downtown Colon, and we were talking a little bit about the, uh, actually the full presentation on the American Museum of Magic, and that was uh, Bob Lund's original uh, vision, and uh, since he and Elaine have long since passed, it's been the hand of the board, and I'm speaking right now with the uh, chairman of the board, it's Ms. Jania Taylor. Hey, Jania. Hi, Scott. <laughs> Always great to talk with you. So it was a good presentation here today, and so tell us a little bit about, in a nutshell, what has happened or what is happening with the museum then right now and how people can visit or contribute or whatever. Okay, well, if you want to visit, the museum is now open from Wednesday through Saturday, 11 to 4, Sunday noon to 4. Through October? You Through, through the end of October. Mm-hmm. And if you want to contribute, become a member, that all helps, that all goes towards helping to keep the museum open. What, what yeah, one of the things I know that you said that they're needing desperately is a new HVAC system yes. and everything, and then air conditioning and everything in the library, which is where the, the bulk of the uh, things are being kept over there right now, uh, and a lot of uh, long-term plans that you've got uh, for that then as well, and there's some matching grants you have from the state of Michigan. I'm, I'm sorry, maybe I should be giving this talk instead of you. <laughs> no, you were paying attention. That's good. <laughs> well, yes, we own the old, the old library building in town. Elaine Lund bought it like in 19... 19- 98 or something like that and she moved all of Bob's books and all of those fabulous files that he kept on everybody over there so we always refer it to as the archives because when people are doing research for books they want to come there because it is a it's it's a one of a kind collection all of that Ephraim is what is the one of a kind collection correspondence between Bob and correspondence from Bob to people, just like Mickey was saying, there's a whole great file on Neil Foster from when he was running the contest in the fabulous 1977 contest that we all remember when Lance won. Good recap, yeah. Right, Lance right, Burton had right. won. Second prize place went to Hobson. Uh, Jeff, no, Jeff. No, Matt King. No, Jeff, Matt King was third. Jeff Hobson was second. Okay, all right. Yeah. And look where they went. Right, yeah. and so there were 38 people in the in the contest that year. It's amazing. Well, I remember being in the contest, and there was it was two days of contest fun. Two days, wow! That's amazing. But that we would like to eventually long term goal is to digitize all of those letters, all of that Ephraim, all those newspaper clippings, just to preserve them for one thing. Make them available online to people yes, worldwide. Right, yeah. and then uh, make it easier for research. And if people want to donate, I forgot to say this, but this is going out in the airwaves. There's also things that even non-monetary that we need. Bob has a, a cabinet of rare books. It needs to be in a fireproof cabinet. Right now, it is not in a fireproof cabinet. It's in a cabinet. If it were to go up in smoke, it's going to melt. Wow. All of the... All of the so you need a contractor or people who are skilled at some well, kinds of... Well, yeah, not even so much that... I mean, not a contractor, not for those things. We just need... We need a fireproof cabinet donated for all of those those books because it's just in a rickety library locked cabinet right now we need all of that Ephraim should be in fireproof file cabinets we need um, acid free file folders they aren't in museum file I mean Bob just bought them at the local office store office store and those need to be all switched over to acid free so we we need money for that. We need money for um, if the if you're 
if the collection got too big in the file box, in the file cabinet, cabinet right, yeah. like say, um, like Copperfield, he would then move it to an apple box that he would get at the grocery store. Yeah, like an apple crate. Right. Yeah. So yeah. now, not the kind of apple right. we're thinking of, like with uh, right. Bill produce, or, yeah. produce apples, and Not Bill Gates. and there are people that have full boxes of their apple boxes, and those need to be in acid-free filing folders, file boxes. So there's lots of ways that people can donate. If they don't want to donate monetary, they can say, "Hey, I can buy you that." That that and that's, specific, yeah, thing. right. And I, if we were to have a wish list, those are the things that are on a wish list for us. Are there places, or is there a place where people can go and see this kind of a wish list, or do they need to contact you? Or? Actually, that's one of the things we're going to get our new guest services guy, and we should have a wish list on the website. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be great. So people, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, um, a, a registry, a bridal registry, right? Where right. people can kind of go and tick off. Right. Okay, I can, I can pay this much. Or? Right. And when I say we want a donation, you know, like oh, like say I would need, say I said I needed a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. I don't want grandma's old beat-up vacuum cleaner. Right. You know, take that to the recycle. We want something shiny and new. Right, right. We don't, want, we don't want your. It's nice that you're thinking of us that way that you you want, but please, we don't want your secondhand stuff. Now, this museum in particular is something unlike anywhere else in the world because David Copperfield, of course, has this museum, but it's not open to the public, right. and this is. Is there anything else? I know there's nothing like it in America. Why it's called American right. Museum of Magic? Is there anything like this anywhere else? I, there's one in Paris. Okay. Supposedly, and I don't know anything about that. I've just heard. I have. It's nice. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that you've probably been there. I have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell me. Should I interview yeah, you? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, I went last or uh, twenty-one, and uh, it was nice and completely different from what this this uh, museum is. It sounded like in a cavern, mm-hmm. so it's oh, cool, cool down there. It is, it is nice. Um, anyhow, uh, you are the. Uh, New chairman of the board, and so you'll be on for how long is your uh, reign? So uh, three. You get you get two terms of three, okay. so I have four years left. Okay. Okay. And uh, I know they rotate from people from time to time, mm-hmm. and there are other people on the advisory board then as well. But anyhow, yeah, if you get a chance to come to Marshall, Michigan, which is only about what thirty-five miles from Colon. Mm-hmm. Roughly. Good place to uh, go and visit, see something that you've never seen before, memories that'll last a lifetime, and uh, and also magic to last a lifetime if you help support. Right. Yeah, just to preserve that magic history that we all love, and we, we don't want to see it go away because magic has a wonderful, rich history. That's exactly right. So with the Magic Word Podcast, that was the chairman of the board. That was Jane Taylor. This is Scotty We have uh, now walked over to the uh, Five Star Pizza over here at uh, Carl Thornton's place. We spoke with him yesterday. You might have heard. Uh, but now I'm with uh, one of the people who was not only the MC but also uh, the closer for the, that's last night's rock and roll show. Here he is, my buddy, a friend of the Magic Word, and yours too, Steve Chesney. Hey, Ches. Hey, hey. Great to see you, buddy. And you too. My goodness, what a great show that was last night. To see you and Michael Tricks together. You know. Yes. yes. We, uh, we performed together for the first time for my 50th birthday a couple of years ago and he's a great guy and we're uh, uh, we've known each other for years but uh, uh, we complement each other because he does his thing I do my thing but the rock and roll thing is is, it's a lot of fun and uh, it just all fell into place last night and then I uh, had Richard Hughes with the Feather Flowers. I think the funniest line I'm going to remember from this whole week was when you said, nothing says rock and roll magic like Feather Flowers. <laughs> yes, I'm a horrible person, but I couldn't help myself. 
Um, it was, you know, so it was originally going to be the stage crew show, and Richard's part of the stage crew. I am too, uh, but it, it didn't. It didn't go. You know, it wasn't going to happen. So they still wanted me on the show. And then uh, they suggested the Rock and Roll Night of Magic, and I'm like, well, I need my buddy Trix on the show. And so we had Trix and Jeffrey Jean and Richard Hughes. Um, so, yeah, so it was rock and roll and some other magic. You know, <laughs> some other magic. Thing, yeah. Classic magic. You yes, know, yes. It was classic. I thought the stuff that uh, Jeff had done with the umbrellas and the oh, scarves, yeah. and then the feather flowers was uh, traditional old-style magic and yeah. everything that kind of harkened back to kind of earlier Abbott's days and everything, as opposed to bringing that up to date with the stuff that... Michael was doing just with his man. I got some m- fabulous pictures. You know, I mean, he has such expressions on his face, and he has such fun out there as you do. Neat, neat, yeah. very good. Yeah, no, he's he's fun, a fun guy to uh, work with, and nothing's better than sharing the stage with one of your friends. You right. know, so right. and uh, you were sharing the stage with Carol, your best friend. There you go. Well, my current girlfriend, as I like to say. You like to say. But I get in trouble for that. No, she's my fiance. She, yeah, she's, she's ordering, ordering some pizza. food. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, we're going to split a taco salad. They have the, the food here is amazing, um, you know, and you know, we only get it once a year. Well, actually twice a week. We, we were here in, I think it was April or May or something like that. We were, we were traveling through, but uh, oh, we love coming here. It's just a, a special town, a special place. Mm-hmm. Here there she is now. Here's, there's Carol. There's Carol. Again, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> the other star, uh, half of the... Uh, the duo act last half night. Of, the right. other half of the duo. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is months ago, uh, they advertised that we were going to be on the show on the Abbott's website. And it was just, I was like, oh, I guess we're on the show. So, I, you know, but I'm here anyway. So uh, This is what year for you, like the 25th year of oh, the no, stage well, crew? I've been, I've been on the stage crew for 30 years now. Uh, I've been attending here for 40. I just came when I was a kid, you know. Uh, but um, they had mentioned, hey, you know, we want you to be the MC, And I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. I've never done that before. So it was a first for me. But um, I wasn't sure if it was happening or not. And we got here, and, yeah, you're the MC. <laughs> so, so that's why it was kind of... Uh, yeah, I thought B.J. Mallon says he, you know, kicked it off, and yeah. I thought he was going to do the rest of the thing, and then he said, I'm going to turn it over to Steve. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, so no, it's a fun surprise. And, uh, but it was, you know, it was a lot for me to, you know, because I had to remember a lot of things, um, you know, to introduce the other acts. So it was new to me, especially when you got to stretch, if there's, you know, they need more time backstage. What advice would you give to people who are first-time MCs? Oh, ask other people about advice i actually um i asked a number of people for help you know mark holstein had helped a little yeah bit. yeah and uh david is it carcero carcero um he he was very helpful uh Artie kidwell uh, i asked around a lot you know everybody had different advice though sure. too you know be their friend um do the magic uh you know so i mean but we we wanted to keep the show tight and i think it was the right amount of time um and i think everything went well uh, got a lot of nice compliments. Nobody died. No, no. See, but no, no. no you know, not, that's not you know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Michael uses fire and stuff, and I years ago I had pyro, and uh, but we did. You know, I had a license and everything. I mean, that was very, very dangerous stuff. But we're not allowed to really do that here at the school. Uh, but anytime any pyro comes through, I have to approve it or not. You know, even if it's just fire or you know, uh, eating fire. Still, technically, it's you know, 
Right. Open flame yeah, no. on stage. Open <laughs> flame, yes. But I have a fire extinguisher handy. Well, so. I thought what you did is, uh, before we came on uh, and started recording, I was telling you I thought it was very real and genuine. I didn't feel as if that it, it was scripted. I kind of felt like that, hey, you're along for the ride with me, and I'm going to have a good time. I hope you do, too. Kind of come with me. And I was great. Yeah, pretty much, yes. No, it's, it's good to hear. And, and if it's something different and you remember that, that's even better, you yeah. know. I mean, it didn't suck. And I, I, mean, I mean that in a positive <laughs> I mean that in a positive way. That didn't come out very well. It it, it, it didn't. didn't. Good job. If you were worried about it, you can quote me on that. Excellent. You didn't suck. There we go. No, it was really. I'm sorry. My face is red. (laughs) No, it's hilarious. Well, I was telling you too. I was telling Steve because he was, you know, he was kind of like nervous about it. He hadn't done it before. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know, just talk to people like you usually talk you always speak to people like they're your friends anyway he does and like when he performs in general it's and so the audience you broke that fourth wall immediately that's what i'm saying yeah. good good you know. well then 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 my job was accomplished yeah. <laughs> yes and you no. didn't suck yes <laughs> well no because well you're always afraid yeah. of you know right, no some yeah. say you know if uh, you know you want to keep the show flowing you know that's very important uh but the connection between me and the audience that's most important yeah. for me you know, even if, you know, we're just doing our act. Actually, last night, the act was the easiest part. Yeah. It was well, everything in between. Between. Yeah. between. No, you were very comfortable, like, obviously. Yeah, I was like, let's get to my act. I know this. Well, and that's why I think that all the acts complement themselves from the standpoint that I talked about the two classic acts, but also you and Michael, because he does uh, uh, birds and eggs and other kinds of things. You guys do the big illusions. So, yep. But it's yep. still a yep. similar style. You know, actually, yeah. that's a good point. Because, like... Initially, we were like, "Well, this is kind of a mishmash of stuff." But no. actually, you're right. There was a good because you're actually you're eating very classical thing. and very yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, so it was it was fun for everyone. Yeah, little yeah. little something for everybody. Actually, that's <laughs> yeah. Fair, yeah, that's a good point. Why? Thank you. Yeah. I did say something good finally. <laughs> <laughs> you you I, covered yourself. I didn't. I didn't suck. <laughs> no, you recovered. That was good. Now, did you like the bit where I had her come on stage and we talked about how we got engaged? Yes, okay. I did. Uh, because there again, it is you and people get to know you personally, and that's what I think is most important in the show is that you need to be able to not just you know show a pretty flower or a scarf or something because I don't care you right. know unless that this is something that means something and you're presenting that to someone and there's an emotional hook to that yeah. and there was that definite emotional hook in which you and Carol known each other about 17 years or something uh, that uh, yeah, it's been, a, been a while but and, and then you're talking about you know getting going to Orlando and telling a story so we were along with you emotionally kind of yeah. because people can relate to those stories my point is that anything that you could do in your act or as an MC to break that fourth wall by right. trying to get the audience to empathize and to relate to what you've seen or, you know, with their stories, yeah. too. And you had done that because the love that you two have for each other uh, and, and your interest and commonality, I think that it just uh, came across that everyone else could, could feel a similar way. You know? There you go. And it was time. Like I said, on stage, oh and everybody God. lost their mind. I yeah, was like, what? He says, he says that, but it's, I feel like it's got a weird connotation, but he... He means it like I, I yeah. mean it in the best of ways. Yeah, but when you say my current wife or my current, my current girlfriend, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just a joke. Yeah. Well, I used to joke, you know, about my wife also, you know, we were yeah. married for uh, forty years it seems like forty minutes, you know, you un- underwater. Yeah. And so yeah, she yeah, old joke, but she just kind of rolled her eyes every time, you know, yeah. during a joke. Yeah. All part of the game. Yeah, no, I, but I thought it was important for uh, people here to hear the story because sure. these pe- I've known everybody for 
yeah. so many years. Uh, they're like family and my friends. Yeah, you're updating um, them on what you're doing. Yes, exactly. You know? And and that was big news, you know, especially. Yeah, I think this is my fifteenth year, so I've oh, been here for like fifteen years. Yeah, so like I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, and not much changes here in town, you know. So yeah, uh, that's why we always enjoy coming back. Yeah. Well, it's always good to see you and see you both and uh, look forward to the rest of this convention. So you're going to go backstage now. Yes, back. I'll be hiding backstage uh, and <laughs> taking Pour it easy. Taco yes. salad and taco go salad. backstage. Yeah. Okay. Love you guys. Congratulations again. You good guys to see you. too. Yeah. Okay. Always enjoy listening to the podcast every, every time I get a chance. Thank you. So, with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Carol and Steve Chesday. Scotty out. Well, you hear all the noise here in the background, and right now we are at the Legion Hall, and the evening show is over, and it was phenomenal. I'm here with someone who actually kicked off yesterday's show, fooled me thinking he was going to be the MC, and then handed it over directly over to Mike Cady. But here he is, B.J. Mallon. Hey, B.J. Hey there, Scott. Uh, it was actually Steve Chesney that I passed the microphone to, but Steve, yes, right. yep. Tonight but was Mike, wasn't tonight it? it? Tonight it was Mike. That, yep. Well, that was a little bit of what I wanted to talk about was tonight's show. This was a phenomenal show. It was truly, truly a great show. There was, uh, you know, there was moments I had tears streaming down my face. Moments I was uh, laughing till my stomach hurt. And then uh, at the end, there moments when uh, my fiance Valley could not believe her eyes with what she was seeing, uh, and. Uh, well, quite frankly, I couldn't either. Uh, Guy Hollingsworth is something else. It was a well-scripted, well, I shouldn't say scripted, but it was everything scripted, but a, a well-honed show from the standpoint that everybody was a little bit different in, 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 in finishing up with the classic magic of uh, Guy Hollingsworth as only he can, you know. Yeah, it, it really was. It was uh, just, it was a wonderful show tonight. As, as uh, you know, Mike Miller, he, he does a great job uh, putting yeah. things together, and you get Mike Caveney involved, and he brings along some great friends. And I thought that was funny also that, that I wasn't expecting Lance Burton to be coming out then when Matt King had done that little bit. That that was that was a very touching moment. I thought. I, I, you want to explain what went on there? Absolutely. So you know, back the, the history is uh, in 1977. That was the uh, the legendary contest where Lance took first, Jeff Hobson took second, and Mac took third. Uh, the thing is, that was on a, a Thursday morning. Back when we had the two contests, we had the junior contest and the senior contest, and. Uh, Lance didn't. Thirty-eight people. Yeah, La- I, well, yeah, we had, there was uh, an excessive amount of contestants as well, and Lance was on Thursday, thinking he was going to be on Friday, and yeah. so Mac was here th- Thursday morning, saw uh, Lance's name on the list to be performing that morning, and realized there was there was an issue because Lance was back at the hotel room in Coldwater and desperately was running around trying to find a quarter for the payphone in order to call Lance and let him know, which was probably a, a mistake since uh, he ended up taking third and Lance got first. But regardless, the quarter came from Peg Wykel, and uh, tonight everything came full circle because uh, both Mac and uh, Lance acknowledged that uh, that quarter as being a, a, you know, the keystone moment, basically, in, in launching their careers. And uh, Lance was able to personally thank her, give her a bouquet, uh, Produced a, a quarter from behind Mac's ear to, to repay her, and then of course with uh, you know the way our currency has gone, had to do the full miser's dream and and give her the bucket, and uh, it was just that was a very very touching. You know that was something. If you stop and think about how there are s- s- small moments in people's lives that you have no idea how much impact that's going to have on the future. In that particular case, that could have just altered the course of history and magic. Well, if you just look at where we're sitting right now, Scott. 
we wouldn't be here, none of this would be going on around us if someone hadn't taken a young Harry Blackstone to a river or a lake or a stream and showed him how to fish. And that's quite the truth because he was looking for waterfront property because he enjoyed fishing. Yeah. And uh, when Inez found out about the peninsula of land for sale here, that's what brought him to Colon. Well, he knew uh, Riesel Wardner, though, did he? Or... Uh, no, the, uh, Riesel was actually, he came to Colon because of Percy, but that's, uh, the Blackstones came to Colon in 1926. They purchased property here. Uh, Riesel didn't come to Colon until 1934, uh, March of 34. Uh, after Riesel, or after Percy, rather, had already opened up Abbott's. Uh, but yeah, Harry Blackstone Sr. purchased waterfront property in Colon, Michigan, because he liked to fish. So if someone hadn't taken him to the water... That's funny. Yeah, it, and, and it's one, just one of those moments where I'm sure they thought they were probably killing some time in a, a morning or an afternoon, just going to go, you know, do a little fishing. But if you look at the seed that actually was planted in that moment and what all was bloomed from it... and. Uh, you know, Mac was just desperately trying to get a quarter to help his friend, but but look what what came from that as well. And the fact of the matter is, our entire lives are like that, Scott. You know, we're planting these metaphysical seeds from from which fruits are going to bloom that we might not see, uh, but in but our lifetime. Yeah, and, but but there will be many who enjoy them. So don't you, you can't take it for granted. You know, uh, we spend too much time in our heads and not present in these magical moments. So that's true. Yeah, you got to. Uh, think about colon and get out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I think it's important again if you by, by spreading those metaphysical seeds. That is just being nice to everybody and sharing, which is what this convention is a lot about. Uh, you know, kids of all ages that I see, older people teaching younger people, and and I, and I was just talking with Dick Soner a few moments ago, and he was saying about how he'd had six different individuals who'd come up and said. You changed my life. I'm a full-time pro because of the things that you taught me or I went to your magic shop or whatever, you know. So. Yeah, it really is. You, you never know. And that's like when I was working behind the counter at Abbott's, you know, every kid that comes through, you, you, you got to... It doesn't matter what your day is like because uh, here's here's someone who could be the next. Who knows who? Yeah. And so, it, and it's 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 truly, it's an amazing art that we're involved in, the way it gets passed on, and it's... It's something that you can't take for granted, and I think here in Colon, uh, we definitely don't. That's true. And when you were working at Abbott's, uh, was Tom Mullica or Tim Wright working there at the time, or how far back? So, uh, no, that I, I came a little after them. Uh, Jim Underwood or Jim Schofield, depending on how you knew him, he was there when I first started. So was Gordon Miller and, of course, Greg. Uh, but those, those were the guys when I first started. Yeah. Uh, this would have been about uh, 1994. Well, Gordon Miller was the guy who normally was the opening night uh, MC for this, right? Yeah, Gordon Miller, uh, forever in a day, was the, the Wednesday night kickoff. And uh, he wouldn't necessarily MC the show, but he he would do the traditional kickoff. Kind of like you did. Yeah, yeah. kind of just like the banner drop. Yeah. And then, uh, as is the case with many of the hats that have been uh, put on my head in these last few years, uh, health and other reasons uh, has caused people... No one wants to stop. Yeah. But sometimes nature makes you and uh i i it's an honor to put on some of these hats but a lot of the times i, I it's it's also a bit of a, a it's a bittersweet thing and i was able to have gordon up there uh, on the stage the first year that i did the banner drop which was a, a lovely moment for me and then he was there uh, in the crowd the next year and i got him to wave his cane and yeah. we dropped the banner that way and and i uh, 
I miss the guy. He's still he's still around. He's just not not doing great. So. That's what I was wondering. I thought he was still alive, but he's just not good good health. He's correct. He's 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 not not the Gordon he was. Okay. Now you talk about the banner drop. That is something that's been traditional at least as far as long as I've known. When did that start? Those banners were Percy Abbott's, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they've been they've been patched up and and taped up and sewn and redone and but that's part of the uh, the old spectacular finale, you know, that you could get from Abbott's. We don't set up the pagodas. But we got a big enough mess with the banners and yeah. all the confetti cannons Chesaday brings. So, uh, but yeah, uh, that's the, the the banners. I'm pretty sure those are still the same ones that have been around for. Probably close to 80 years. First few times that I saw that, I, mean, I couldn't get my camera out fast. Of course, early days, I didn't have a phone camera or whatever. And in later years, then using my phone, I still didn't think about it until it was too late. But this year, I was ready. Since way, it's like I knew when it was when you were going to say something. It's like, okay, because it's like, boom, and then they close the curtains. I mean, you yeah. don't even get 20 seconds. No, you don't get much time, and the reason being... It's a hell of a mess, and we got to clean that stuff before up the before, first act. before that first act. Yeah, and and uh, you, you never know with uh, that first night opening night jitters how that how well the the MC uh, BJ is going to be able to talk out there. So uh, so the quicker they can get it cleaned up, the better. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. It was a great show tonight, then as well a good show last night. We have two more nights of uh, shows. Tomorrow is the, I think we talked about earlier, yep. Japanese act. The Far, far East, East night tomorrow night, seven different performers on. Uh, should be a great show. And then uh, Saturday night uh, is the uh, South American show. And so, yeah, it's going to be uh, a couple more great nights. And it's it's amazing. You know, we wait all year for it, and then it's over before it begins. That's, that's true. You know, I mean, we're kind of in the middle of this right now, but I can't believe where the first few days are gone because... I'm glad that I came in a little bit early to kind of enjoy all the pre-activities, including the golf and everything else that's been going on, you know. So that's what I think is amazing and the things that are not necessarily Abbott's scheduled things, but they're on the schedule, even though that they're not part of the convention, if you will. Yeah, it's, you know, over the years, it's kind of like... It's like the Woodstock of magic, you know. Once the fences have come down, you can't fight it anymore. You've just got to embrace it and run with it. So, which speaking of which, I was surprised that I have not yet seen any of the vendors out of the you know, trunks of their cars or tents or things set up this year as I have in the past. There, there's a couple down there on Dallas Street, the okay. the traditional bandits alley, but uh, but no, not not as many as there once was. But, uh, but, yeah, there's still a few out there with some tents and some tables. So okay. I haven't been by there yet because I was driving around. I thought, hey, where are these guys? So, okay. <laughs> yeah, years ago, they used to be literally out of their trunk. I bought, I bought a uh, Temple of Benares out of the back of somebody's trunk. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's uh, not as many illicit deals uh, going down as there used to be. But, uh, but yeah, there, you can still find a good deal on a used dissecto out of the back of somebody's car if you know where to look. Sure. <laughs> Does the magnet man still drive around? Remember him? Oh yeah, uh, I haven't seen him in years, but uh, but yeah, there, there was the, that guy had. I think we actually got. He he may not be around anymore. I think okay. I think Greg might have gotten his estate because I remember maybe ten years ago or so, several tackle boxes full of very strong magnets hanging out in the back of Abbott. So yeah, I just remember I'd drive around in the car with those soda cups that were attached to his room. Oh yeah, yep. That's you take them off and sell you the magnet. Yep, yep. <laughs> I did that gag a few times on my car, and it's so funny. You know, the people that are to stop you or honk their horns at you. Sure, yeah. And you just wave back at them gullibly, like, yeah, I have no idea why you're waving at me. And 
They're honking and pointing. <laughs> well, BJ, good talking to you. It's been a great convention so far. I'm looking forward to the next couple of days. It's been a pleasure, Scott. I'm always happy to uh, to be able to talk to you. Thank you, my buddy. Appreciate it. From the Andrew Grant Podcast, that's BJ Mellon. Scotty out. One of the other people uh, that I've run into over here at the Legion Hall is uh, one of my longtime friends and uh, yours too, Matt Stanley. Hey there, Matt. Hey, how's it going, Scott? Fantastic. So uh, we just talked with B.J. Mallon, but we never really talked specifically about this evening's show. Uh, I want to talk with you just a little bit about your, your thoughts on that. It started out, we had uh, Mike Cavey, who was the MC, and he went directly right into his own act. Right. Know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, started out with a bang. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if he's been doing the, uh, he did kind of like a Pavel's walking knot with a coat hanger bit. Uh, I hadn't seen him do that before. I, don't I have know. not. I think it's a new bit. I do too. So he, uh, I think he, he worked in a new bit that was cool. Did the, the classic coffee. And for the first time. Yeah. That's the first it. time I've ever seen him drop it. Uh, the coffee and make a Dave mess. Dave Blackson so. was sitting next to me and she was saying, have you ever seen him do that before? <laughs> yeah, I, I've probably seen him do it twenty times live and never seen him drop it. So yeah. to, for it to, I mean, it's probably happened before, but yeah. this was the first for me. And, and for in and, and this particular group, I think this is a forgiving family that people go, oh, I understand, and they just laugh it off. You know? Absolutely, but, absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Pat Hazel, yep. uh, fun to watch Pat work. I'd seen him a couple times before. Uh, real good. Doing mostly comedy, and then. Uh, the coins over the head with some lady. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Slidini. Uh, yeah, uh, paper balls. Uh, very cool. Um, you know, Matt King, always a pleasure to watch Mac work. I like his line. With It's like, I don't know what I'm going to show you. I've been here for the last four years. You've seen right. everything every year. You know? everything, yeah, everything. And then Guy Hollingsworth finally made it. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Three, three years. Uh, and I, you know, I obviously knew him as a close up performer. I've seen him on stage one time before, I believe it, maybe a Magic Live or something. Does that sound right? Um, But, you know, other than that, to to see him work kind of like us. Honestly, I think it was maybe even defined as parlor. Like, that would have been a great, like, parlor. parlor. He did that, I think, as part of a parlor act at the Magic Live one time. It was him and two other people. I want to say... Topaz, I think, was was one, okay. and Guy Hollingworth, and I'd forgotten who the other one was at Magic Live, but it was a parlor show, you know. Okay, yeah, with yeah, that yeah. very act. Okay, yeah, it was it was cool to see him, but it looked great know. from the stage. Oh, absolutely. And his absolutely. demeanor, of course, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, very cool that uh, you know. Now, there have been a lot show. of other activities have been going on around Colon. What did you do today? I, well, I saw uh, Trino do a street show. Tell me about that. I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, very good. He uh, he had a pretty good crowd just, you know, working out on the, the main drag here in front of uh, the American Legion. Oh, okay. so I, I, it was actually Granny, so next door. Um, and, yeah, he had a big crowd and, did you know, did a great job. Did, like, maybe 35, 40 minutes. Was oh, that right? Oh, yeah. So pretty good, uh, pretty good show. Um... Al, the only did his graveyard tour today, so that was cool. Um, only had one lady pass out from heat exhaustion. Yeah, only one. Yeah. Only one. I saw this lady go down. It's like, oh, geez. Yeah. They would say, well, we're calling the ambulance, but she finally set up, and they gave her some water, and she got better. It, it was warm here today. Yeah. It was uh, and humid as the you know day went on, for sure. And you were drinking martinis, so you... I was. I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had magic martinis over at the uh, at Curly's at 5 o'clock. 
so for about an hour we had a great thing. Oh, we forgot about Meadow Perry. Oh, Meadow. Oh, how yes. Can how can we forget Meadow? Meadow was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I met her at the IBM convention a couple weeks ago, and this is the first I'd seen video of her. This is the first time I'd seen her live perform, and it was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. But she was uh, also at the SAM last week, and now she's here. Right. And I don't think she's going to Vegas to Magic Live, I don't believe, because anyhow, yeah, she's been busy here of late. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Amazing act. There was someone sitting next to me who said, I've never seen Magic like this. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Di- different. It, for, at a Magic convention, it's like, not that she's a juggler, but it kind of fills that role of, you know, the, the act that is the very standalone because it's not it's not a magic act it's kind of magical though you know it's funny you mention that because while I was in New Orleans for those who are listening right now I'll give you a sneak preview I've got an episode with her coming up and that was one of the very things I said at the beginning of our conversation was you're really kind of the juggler for magic oh, really? conventions because it's so different. She said, "Well, yeah, I could be a juggling convention, and I'm the I'm the odd one out." You know. That is funny. Yeah, she could. Yeah, she would be the the she's the variety act at uh, whatever That's right. kind of thing. It's because no, I mean, really, no one is doing that kind of yeah. kind of thing. How long have you been coming to Abbott? My first year was 2003. I performed on the Wednesday night show, opened the show, um, and with the exception of a couple years, I've uh, haven't missed a year. So. I've maybe come to 18, 18 years uh, out, of, out of the like, last 20. Ever since you were like five years old. I was five and a half, actually. Yeah. No, uh, I would have been uh, would have been about 17. Okay. So, yeah. Well, you competed. Did you win a contest here or no? Not here, no. I, uh, I, when I won, the, uh, I won the IBM and I won the World Magic Seminar Lance Burton Award the same year, 2003, and Hank Morehouse booked me as the opening act. Uh, back when I was doing the pirate act with birds that. and uh, yeah. you know doves and a cockatoo and a macaw and yeah. it was crazy. You don't use birds on your cruise ships now. Do I you? don't. You can't travel with them like no, you. you not know, like you. Could, yeah. No. That'd be difficult. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Matt, I'm glad to uh, see you. I'm glad that you had an enjoyable time. And thanks for helping to recap the show. Then. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. You bet. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Matt Stanley. Scotty out.